Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or visit their website at greyhoundpp.com.au. We hope that you enjoy this episode and thanks to everyone for your support in promoting our wonderful industry. All right, so actually, I, I just wanted to start to have a you know a, a quick chat about Tim. I mean, you know, he's just flying at the moment, and you know, you just must be so proud of him. Yeah, no, he's look, he's doing a good job. Um, he came into the business. What ha- actually happened? We had a uh, a uh, small greyhound farm in America that Tim was running, oh, and uh, right. and COVID hit, and then he had visa troubles, so. It, it was not practical to keep going, so he's come home and, you know, we're you now just doing the business between ourselves. Yep. Um, so, as I said, uh, yeah, he's uh, doing pretty well. Um, um, like to see us do better, but we always want to do better. But, again, <laughs> uh, but look, no, he's, uh, he's enjoying it and going okay. Yeah, nice. Is that growing up, did he always sort of indicate that he wanted to follow you and become a trainer? I think so. I think it's just uh, it's like um, you're born into greyhound racing, yeah. um, and uh, whether you want to be something else, um, it's around you all the time. Yeah. And uh, uh, again, uh, yeah, I think that uh, you know they see the advantages of greyhound racing, and the and the you know the enjoyment you get out of it. So yeah. um, they obviously migrate that way. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So I'll I'll get into a couple of questions. I've got some of my own, obviously, because I want to pick yep. your brain myself. But um, right. the first one I've got is, um, who's the fastest dog you've ever trained? So not necessarily the most successful, but in terms of speed, what's um, who's been, you know, obviously there might be more than one, yep. who's some of the faster ones that you've trained? It's a hard question in that it goes over different decades and, and uh and I find it very hard to compare between decades. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, I've had some really, really good greyhounds that probably you wouldn't create, uh, rate as incredibly fast. But as far as sprinters go, I would say uh, um, uh, above all is probably as fast as I've had. He was yeah. a very explosive type greyhound that won a Hobart 1000 and a Silver Chief and a Cranbourne Cup. Uh, but he was explosive. Um, he, he had injuries along the way, but at the same time, the, I don't think I've had any better than him in ability. Yeah. Um, and then you go to the staying ranks and, you know, you can say um, Space Star and Tornado Tears, but I, I would say probably as good as any Greyhound I've ever trained as far as stayers, as far as ability, um, just out-and-out raw ability would be yep. Nelly Noodles. Yes. Um, she was uh, freakish. She had. She was a little bit flawed. In uh, she didn't always do her best. Yeah. But again, in saying that, um, on a night there was probably no faster or no more thrilling greyhound I've ever had. Yeah, and just going back on on her as well. Like you've been lucky to have some, you know, what people call like a cult following greyhounds. I mean, Tornado Tears was just, you know, he should have had his his own, um, you know, social media channels. He was just a a star yeah. and then you know nelly noodles and that like you've been lucky to have some some dogs in your time where people have just you know sort of like tommy shelby and that adore now that people just gravitate towards and just follow all the time yeah look it's you know i've said before if you're in it long enough you hope you get a dog like that yeah and uh and again as i said tornado tears space star and 
and uh, uh, and Fanta Bale. Those sort of dogs have, have just been, uh, you know, a joy to train. Um, you, you do feel the pressure at times, but at the, <laughs> at the same time, you wouldn't do without it. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's been great to uh, to train that type of dog. Did you, did you ever throughout you know any of their um, their starts, especially in the big races, like you said about the pressure? Do you, do you feel like when people start you know writing stories and hyping them up and everything? Does it make you a little bit nervous? Not really. Uh, when they're on song and everything's going well, never. It's yeah. uh, to me, it's just uh, you like to be part of the ride. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, where the pressure hits is uh, not all dogs. They're not machines, and and. If they have a long career, which say uh, Tornado Tears had, um, there's always downsides, yeah. and and it's when the downsides and and people are saying, uh, oh, they should retire him and and that sort of thing. Um, when you know damn well uh, there's not a not a lot wrong with them, they just have to find form again, and, yeah. and co- confidence is a big thing in grey and racing, and you know it, it'd be very easy to uh, uh, just uh, pack up and say, okay, he's retired, but I know damn well that there's uh, uh, there's an upside coming again, so you 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 got to push through that sort of pressure. Yep. Yeah. No, that's unreal. I was just thinking back to you know I used to see Chris Waller before Winks run, and he looked like he was going to pass out. Like he was just you know <laughs> it's probably a different set of pressure, but oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, look at the the pressure of losing. Yeah. You, you know when Fanderbale was uh, coming up to uh, her winning a million dollars. I don't know how they did it, but the Meadows had a whole heap of kids out there with flags and that, and she got beaten that night. And you feel as though you've let everyone down, you know. But <laughs> but, um, but look, that's that is the, the you know the nature of racing that uh, yep. you know the uncertainties. You're never always going to win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, my next question is in terms of um, checking, and you know, for anyone that doesn't know, there's some great videos on the GRV website um, and YouTube channel. I think of you checking greyhounds and um you know while while it, it is important obviously to check a, a dog completely over this question is is there any sort of areas that are more susceptible to injuries that people should be paying particular close attention to yeah look I, i've tried to simplify it over the years because i think that when you first come into greyhound racing you you, you, you tend to feel obligated to um do absolute thorough checks yep. and go go to checkers and vets and and make sure your dog's right but i always say to people that um learn to check yourself but look at the vital things more than 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 the um the minor things so in other words what i'm saying is that the things that are going to stop a dog's career is stopper bones um it's uh hocks and things like that so and back muscles so focus very very heavily on those areas uh, because okay if something else does go wrong um, you might be off for three weeks or four weeks but those sort of things are career ending so you, you focus on them and and uh, if you've got any doubt or any uncertainty about those areas that's when you should go to a vet yep. or give your dog some time off um, so because they're the things that you know, you could either have 10 starts or 70 starts out of a dog and those things will determine that. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing too I always say is uh, checking's not everything. Um, I reckon observation is just as important. Uh, so, for example, if a dog races on Saturday night, when it trots out into the empty yard on uh, Sunday morning, you, you want to be right there and watching every step. You learn a lot more than that at watching that than you do ever checking. Um, I always find that dog 
Prance is out on all fours and he's trotting well. There's probably not a lot wrong with that dog. Yep. Um, but again, if um, if the they're slow getting up, they're uh, uh, you, you, you may see something that's not normal. Yeah. They're the sort of things that um, I th- I think are just as important as checking. Yep. I've I've had some people say to me, oh, you know, my dog didn't perform that well. You know, I've checked him over. I've got someone. You know, there has to be something you know wrong in that. Is it? I've I've seen some people tend to try and find something wrong and they go oh you know that's yeah. a little bit sore that's the reason of that and i'm yeah. like i think you need to stop trying to find something wrong with them you're 100 percent right i think that uh, a lot of checkers and even vets will find something wrong for your dog simply because you go there wanting to find something yeah and uh and if the, the vet doesn't find that well you go away saying well he's no good <laughs> um but but again um that's why i sort of tell people to try learn their own check as much as possible and go to the vet when it's uh, absolutely necessary because you, you shouldn't be trying to find something all the time. You yeah. should be, you know, and, and I do find that people are trying to find links with their dog when it's not there. Um, other times it's uh, it's a confidence thing, it's a non-chasing thing and they're still yeah. find it, trying to find an injury. And yeah. uh, so there's so many different variables, but as I said, just, uh, to, if you learn your own check and you learn the basics, and the other thing too is, is uh, sometimes things are mysteries, and dog puts in one or two bad runs. Now sometimes um, two weeks off, three weeks off is, is as good as uh, if it's a mystery and it's a mystery to your vet. Uh, you'd rather know the vet says I can't find anything, yep. and give the dog a couple of weeks off rather than uh, either push through or go to five different checkers trying to find something yeah yep no that's awesome um this one's about um bitches when they're put on uh, medication to stop them coming on season so you know the the question is sort of centered around what's the best way you know to manage a, a bitch to prevent them to come from coming on season and yet still get the best out of them because you know and you've probably seen it more times than most you know they can tend to sort of you know what people say typical female, bit bit moody and that sort yep. of thing and you know, they up and down. So yeah, what's sort of the best way that you manage that when they're um when they're coming well, on season? Look, I, I, I find that uh, there's contentious uh, issues or uh, comment around uh, things like Aurobolin that uh, we use to keep bitches off season. Um, but I find that it's uh, it's it's highly overrated. Um, in other words, I've probably had more success with bitches than I ever had have had with dogs. Yet um, I've had all my bitches on Aurobolin all their life yep. during racing, and I've I've yet to find one that uh, I believe has gone right off or jumped out of the ground when it's left the kennel and not been on Aurobolin. So I I I think it's overrated. I think it's an excuse people use sometimes when a dog's maybe going poorly or uh, or not chasing or whatever. Yep. Uh, so it's, it's the pill. But um, and, and I guess in, you know, one, two, five percent of the times it could have an effect on a bitch, but I've never, ever seen it do that. I honestly think it it's uh, you need to have continuity. You cannot, you can't have a situation where every three months the bitches or every six months the bitch has got to have three months off. Um, and as I said, I'm yet to prove that 
um, that has any effect on the bitch at all. Yep, yep. Um, so this one's about kibble. Do you use kibble, and if so, what um, what brand do you use? Yeah, um, I use uh, XP thirty twenty. Um, uh, a, a friend of mine, one of my owners, uh, he was uh, he's heavily involved in importing um, premium dog foods. Yep. And he actually formulated this product, and uh, based on what we thought would be very the best for greyhounds, um, there's been no um, what I call a, there's no expense spared in trying to cheapen the product. If I, if the best way I could say it, yeah. It's in other words, to, for profit, it's been purely formulated for for dogs that. For for, uh, for basically for racing greyhounds, so um, I'll stick to that while it continues with the same formula. Yep, yep. Um, how often do you blood test? Is it something that you do routinely, or only when a dog sort of doesn't perform as well as what expected? And if you don't sort of find anything wrong with them physically, I've learnt um, not to blood test regularly. I, I think that it it sways your. Uh, um, you're thinking. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly believe if a dog is performing poorly and it shouldn't be, that's the time for a blood pest, test. Um, if it's not running it out like it should be, it's another time for a blood test. Um, but to train by blood tests can only uh, sway what you're doing. Yeah. Um, if you feed well, the dog's healthy on the inside and out. I cannot see any reason for it. Now, I'll give you a couple of examples there. Um, I had a bitch that won an Australian Cup called uh, Tasman Queen. Yep. Um, two weeks before the, uh, the the Cup heats, I got a blood test, and I can't even remember why, but uh, uh, it came back and said, no lure runs for 14 days and give it this, this, and this. And I thought, hell, you know, <laughs> we're one of the favourites for the Cup. Um, I, said, I said, okay, that's it. I'm going to keep her in work and worry about it after the cup and she won the cup and then <laughs> i had another another dog called symmetry yep. i got a very very similar um reading that said that uh, the dog needed to spell needed time off and again it, it um, came out around second in the melbourne cup um so what, what i'm getting at is um i think it's a little bit like short people and, and tall people you can get different readings for different people Yep. And I, I think we tend to put them in the same basket. Yep. Um, diet. Now, what, uh, you know, this is a bit of a broad question, but, you know, do you feed them the same thing every day or, or do you sort of um, change it, it up? It, it, every day by Sunday. Yep. Uh, we have a, a little bit of a day off on Sunday. Look, uh, our routine is very important, so we want the, the, the diet to be the same all the time uh, during the week. So we feed... Uh, 50-50 chicken and kangaroo. Yep. Uh, we feed the premium dry food and we feed uh, two slices of brown bread with that. Um, we have a, a supplement. We supplement with oil, uh, whether it be, you know, corn oil or uh, cod liver oil. Yep. Um, we, we have a sprinkle of, uh, uh, what is it, um, liver mole and uh, about four mil of... Uh, um, 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 uh, of um, potassium plus yep. and, and, a, and a sprinkle of calcium. That's basically every day that's what they get. Um, they get a, uh, 
uh, a Livertone uh, capsule uh, on that, which is a natural product, and that is basically it. I think I don't think I've missed anything. Yeah. Um, on Sunday, they just get a um, a serve of the uh, premium dry food thirty twenty. XP3020 in, in a couple of cups of water. So it's our day off with um, uh, with regular work and uh, and that's basically how we do it. Yep. No, that's awesome. Um, I know this is probably a bit hard to answer, but what are some of the, the best or the most key things that you've learned from your experience as a trainer that might help a young trainer coming through? Um, routine. I think uh, have a really good... Um, routine that you, you don't change a lot from um so in other words that means that if you let your dogs out at six in the morning let them out at six in the morning not half past six or quarter to seven dogs dogs are creatures of routine they yep. they, they work really well in the army where there's a uh, high routine and and greyhounds respond really well to that whether it's so in other words it's keep your dog uh, keep a, a really strict routine with your dogs um, keep them healthy on the inside and outside, and uh, and don't try to overcomplicate things. Yep. As I said before, there's a lot of trainers that try to uh, pretend there's a lot of secrets in greyhound racing where there's not. Yeah, it's 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 um, purely basics, exactly the same if you're training yourself as an athlete. You'd eat well, uh, you'd stick to a routine, routine, and you wouldn't try to. Uh, uh, do silly things you wouldn't overcomplicate it yep and my last question is about you know sort of um segueing in from that do you um like how often should uh it says how often should somebody be you know whether it's free galloping putting up behind a lure on the walking machine if you use yeah. one that sort of thing um per week in between races because you know it varies some people don't yeah. do anything some people do do yeah. something so yeah i, I think um I think what we've learned over the years through, you know, whether it's me training or a lot of other people, it, it's been proven there's a hell of a lot of different ways to train a dog. Um, and I think the routine's the important part. But, again, some, pe- some people walk and, and gallop a couple of times a week. Some people hand slip up a straight. Some people have uh, competition runs. Um, I, I don't think there's a, an exact way. I've always said that it's a matter of the routine and what suits you. Like if you go to if you go to work five days a week and you have to, uh, uh, you, you'll do it differently than someone that's a professional that uh, can do it differently. Yeah. So, but there's a million different ways to do it. Just get a good routine that suits you. The main thing is that the dog uh, gets uh, an active. Uh, my belief is a couple of. At least a couple of times, we we gallop four to five times a week in the in the run. You can call them competition runs, but they're not. They're a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Um, but they're side by sides, and they go up about three hundred meters. Yeah. Uh, back and forward. Uh, but again, um, I go back to before I was a professional. Uh, at five in the morning, we'd go down and hand slip to a to a whistle and a and a torch. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and, and, and it worked. You know, and then at night I'd come home and I'd take a torch and we'd go up the bush for a walk, and and it worked. So, again, find a routine that suits yourself, and but as I said, stick to it. But the main thing is to to listen to the right people yep. along the way. You know, you go and talk to people or or 
with get get to know people that are successful in the game and are willing to pass on information because there's a hell of a lot of people that are and people are not you know people are sometimes a bit reluctant to come forward and ask questions but Believe me, most people are quite happy to pass things on. Yeah. A lot of people have said to me, like, you know, oh, I don't want to go and ask such and such, you know, that yeah. they might say no. And I said, look, I, I haven't met anyone that says no. No, I said, no. they will give you something. <laughs> they will help you in some way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And as I said, you, don't, you can get confused because people do things in different ways. But again, if you settle on something that suits you and your dogs are happy uh, and they're and, and whatever it is, whether it's swimming, walking, galloping, that gets them to a fitness level, well, you've probably done your job. And yep. That's the best way. You've been listening to the Greyhound Girl Podcasts with Dimity Ma, proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or their website, greyhoundpp.com.au.